Act One of Britannicus by Jean Racine, translated by Robert Bruce Boswell, eighteen sixty-four to nineteen thirty-three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Introduction to Britannicus. Except in the matter of chronological accuracy, the annals of Tacitus have been closely followed as the historical groundwork for this tragedy. But Racine himself tells us that it cost him more pains in its composition than any other of his plays. And the result of this elaboration is that the hand of the artist has not been able to conceal its art under the semblance of spontaneous nature. Britannicus was first acted at the Hôtel de Bouillon in December 1669. It met with much adverse criticism, and was slow in establishing itself in public favor. Nor is this to be wondered at, for it requires careful study to appreciate its merits, and Voltaire has aptly termed it La Piste des Connoisseurs. The strongest character is Nero's mother, Agrippina. Nero himself, Burrus, and Narcissus are also well drawn, but Britannicus and Junia are insipid and uninteresting. Characters Nero, Emperor, son of Agrippina, read by Dale Burgess. Britannicus, son of Messalina and of the Emperor Claudius, read by David Purdy. Agrippina widow of domitius ahinobarbus the father of nero and widow by her second marriage of the emperor claudius read by matea bracic junia beloved by britannicus read by the story girl burrus tutor of nero read by todd narcissus tutor to britannicus read by alan mapstone Albina, confidential friend of Agrippina, read by Sonia. Stage directions read by Larry Wilson. The scene is laid at Rome in a chamber of Nero's palace. Act One. Scene One. Agrippina, Albina. Whilst Nero courts soft slumbers, why should you come here to tarry his awakening? Shall Caesar's mother wander through these halls and unattended watch beside his door alone retire to your apartments madam i must not leave him for a single moment here i will wait for him engrossed with cares he causes me so long as he may sleep all i foretold is but too well confirmed nero has doomed the prince britannicus nero has thrown the reins on his impatience weary of being loved he fain would be a terror young britannicus torments him and every day i feel myself becoming in my turn irksome you to whom he owes the breath of life who called him to the throne from his low station disinheriting the son of claudius that domitius might bear caesar's name all speaks on your behalf and claims his love tis due to me albina all i have done would win a generous heart but all is odious to ingratitude ingratitude nay all his conduct shows a soul well taught to heed the voice of duty for three whole years 
what has he said or done but what gives rome the promise of a reign of perfect justice under his mild sway she deems the days returned when consuls bore authority supreme paternal rule marks the young nero virtuous as augustus in his old age nay interest cannot make me blind tis true that nero has begun e'en as augustus ended but the future may make the past forgotten and i fear as one began so will the other end disguise is vain i read upon his brow the savage bent of a domitius mixed with the neronic pride derived from me the face of tyranny is ever mild at first e'en caius once was rome's delight but his feigned clemency soon turned to madness and rome's delight became her detestation what matters it to me in any case though nero's virtues should remain unsullied did i commit to him the helm of state that he might please the people and the senate the father of his country let him be if so he will but let him not forget his mother's claims how can that crime be called which daylight has revealed he knows full well that junior by britannicus is loved and this same nero who his virtue's model makes night the screen to have her carried off what moves him is it hatred or desire is it his only joy to injure them or does his malice visit on their heads spite against me for lending them support how lending them support hush dear albina i know to me alone they owe their ruin that was by me britannicus was hurled down from the throne that he inherited that junius brother cast away his life debarred by me from marriage with octavia silanus upon whom claudius had cast an eye of favour heir of great augustus nero has all and i for my reward must hold the balance evenly between them that some day in his turn britannicus may do the same between my son and me with what design i thus secure a port against the coming storm i cannot hold him save with this bridle but against a son such care is surely vain i should soon fear him if he feared me no longer your alarm perchance is groundless but if nero fails in filial duty we have failed to mark the change and these are secrets between him and you whatever new titles rome bestows nero confers them all upon his mother his lavish love withholds not aught from you your name in rome is reverenced like his own whilst poor octavia is scarcely mentioned your ancestor augustus honoured less his livia the fasces decked with bays march before nero's mother never before had woman such distinction how should he display his gratitude with less respect and greater confidence i scorn such honours seeing my influence wanes as these increase the time is gone when nero still a youth answered the wishes of my doting heart when upon me he leaned in every strait when my command gathered the senate here and present though concealed behind a screen mine was the animating touch that moved them uncertain then of rome's capricious will his greatness had not turned the monarch's head 
my memory with pain recalls the day when i first found him dazzled with the glare of glory many a potentate had sent from earth's remotest realms envoys to greet him i went to take my place upon the throne beside him by whose counsel he disgraced me i know not but as soon as he perceived me he showed displeasure on his countenance whereby my heart grew ominous of ill then with a feigned respect that masked the insult he quickly rose and running to embrace me turned my approaching footsteps from the throne since that hard blow has agrippina's power been hurrying to its fall with rapid pace all but the shadow gone my favours sought less than the voice of seneca or burrus ah, if your heart is filled with such suspicions why keep the fatal poison in your breast go and at caesar's lips resolve your doubts others are always by when caesar sees me he gives me an audience at fixed times in public he answers or is silent as he's prompted we have two masters and with watchful eye one or the other marks each interview but i will follow him the more he shuns me and turn his own confusion to my profit i hear his door unfastened let us go and ask him what he means by this abduction and unawares he may the truth reveal ha ah, burris he has been with him already scene two agrippina burris albina madam i come to tell you in the name of caesar that an order which alarmed you is but a wise precaution and of this the emperor wills that you should be informed then let us enter since it is his pleasure and learn his purpose better for some time caesar has sought seclusion by a postern unknown to many both the consuls came before you madam but i will return no i will not disturb his privacy but let us too with somewhat less constraint for once with frankness interchange our thoughts the tongue of burris ever scorned a falsehood how long do you intend to hide him from me am i for ever to be held intrusive when i would see him have i raised you then so high only to have you place a bar between my son and me dare you not trust him a moment out of sight do you dispute with seneca the glory of effacing his mother's image from his memory and has my trust fed your ingratitude till neath the shadow of his name you rule supreme i cannot think that you would make me who might have left you in obscurity your creature me whose ancestors have filled the throne me daughter sister wife and mother of your imperial masters what then mean you think you my voice has made an emperor only to place two others over me nero's no more a child is it not time he ceased to fear you and began to reign how long must he see all things through your eyes there are ancestral models he may copy and choose between tiberius and augustus or follow if he can germanicus my sire i dare not rank myself with these but there are lessons he may learn from me at any rate the caution that imposes due limits to a prince's confidence in any subject i am charged to-day 
to excuse a single act on Caesar's part? But since, without desiring my defense, you lay on me the blame for all his deeds, I'll answer with the candor of a soldier, who knows not, madam, how to close the truth. To me you trusted Caesar's youthful years, I own it, and am bound ne'er to forget it. But have I ever sworn I would betray him, or make him do your will in everything? I am no more responsible to you, but to imperial Rome, which in my hands sees safety or destruction. He who once was son of yours is master of the world. If those were sought who might cajole his youth, could only Seneca and I mislead? Why were not flatterers suffered to direct him? Were we recalled from exile as corruptors? Could not the servile court of Claudius furnish a thousand fitter than ourselves, all eager to raise themselves by Caesar's degradation, till he grew old in long protracted childhood? What would you, madam? Are you not respected? Is not your name held sacred, linked with Caesar's? The emperor, tis true, no longer comes daily to lay his sceptre at your feet and pay you humble court. But gratitude need not involve dependence so unworthy. Must Nero always be a timid child, nor dare, except in name, to be Augustus? Rome, let me tell you, justifies his conduct, so long in bondage to three base-born upstarts. And, only just relieved from yoke so galling, dates her recovered liberty from Nero. Nay, more, even virtue's self seems born anew, and to be master means no more to plunder. The people freely choose their magistrates. Those whom the soldiers trust are made commanders, still faithful in the army and the senate are Corbulo and Thracia, though in fame the foremost. Desert isles, which senators peopled with exiles, hold the informers now. What matters it that Nero trusts us still, provided that our counsels aid his glory, and Rome, throughout a prosperous reign, have freedom, unfailing as the omnipotence of Caesar? But Nero, madam, does not need our guidance. Our part is to obey, not to direct him. He has examples in his ancestors, whereby to regulate his steps aright, and happy he if, linked in one long chain, his later virtues vie with those of youth. So, daring not to count upon the future, you think your prince will go astray without you. Do you, who thus far with your work content, come hither to bear witness of his virtues? Tell me why Nero has become a robber, and carried off the sister of Selenus? Is it to sully by so gross an insult my ancestors, whose blood fills Junia's veins? Of what does he accuse her? By what crime has she in one day grown so dangerous? She who till then bore grandeur modestly, who but for this night's work would ne'er have seen him, and would have counted it a signal favour, had she been kept for ever from his sight? She's under no suspicion of a crime nor has the emperor as yet condemned her. There is no object here to wound her eyes. She is at home among her ancestors. Her title to the throne is strong enough to make her husband raise an insurrection. 
"'Tis right that Caesar's blood should be allied "'only to such as Caesar well can trust. "'Nor, without his consent, as you must own, "'should any were the offspring of Augustus.' "'I understand you. "'Nero, by your mouth, tells me Britannicus relies in vain upon my choice, "'that I have vainly sought to turn his eyes from his misfortunes with a bait so tempting. "'Tis the Emperor's will.' to show that Agrippina promises more than she can fulfil. Rome rates too highly a mother's influence, and by this affront he'll undeceive her, and teach all the world not to confound an emperor with a son. This he may do, yet I am bold to tell him to make his sceptre strong before he strikes. In forcing me to match my feeble arm against him, he betrays how weak his own is. And it may be that, in the balance tested, my name will have more weight than he supposes. What? Will you always doubt your son's respect? Can he not take one step, but you mistrust it? How can he think you Genea's partisan, or reconcile to young Britannicus? Will you support your foes, that you may find a pretext for complaining against him? At every trivial rumour that you hear, Will you be always ready to divide the empire? Shall continual dread possess you that asks solution e'en when you embrace him? Be not so careful to find food for censure, but exercise a mother's fond indulgence. Suffer some slight rather than make it public, lest so the court be taught to disregard you. And who would seek support from Agrippina when Nero doth himself proclaim my ruin, when he would have me banished from his presence, and Burrus dares to keep me at his threshold? Madam, I see tis time that I were silent. My frankness only causes your displeasure. Pain is unjust, and all the arguments that fail to soothe it aggravate suspicion. Here comes Britannicus. I will retire and you shall hear with pity his disgrace. Blaming for that, it may be, madam, those whose counsels Caesar has least deigned to follow. Scene 3. Agrippina, Britannicus, Narcissus, Albina. Whither so fast? What restless arger prince cast you thus blindly in the midst of foes? Whom do you come to seek? Whom seek? By heaven! Here, madam, here is all that I have lost. Hemmed in by multitudes of savage troops, hither has Junia been ignobly dragged. Alas, what horror must her timid heart have felt at such unwanted spectacle? Yes, they have torn her from me. Cruel mandate that parts two lovers, misery united. Doubtless they grudged that we, mingling our sorrows, should help each other to endure our woes. Enough. I feel your wrongs as much as you do, and my complaints have gone before your murmurs. But I am well aware that helpless anger does not absolve me of my solemn promise. You do not comprehend me. Would you do so, follow my steps to Pallas. There I'll wait you. Scene 4. Britannicus, Narcissus. Narcissus. Can I trust her word and make her umpire in my quarrel with her son? What say you? Is she not that Agrippina whom erst my father married, to my ruin, and who, you say, finding his ebbing life too long for her, cut the last remnant short? No matter. 
she like you feels herself outraged has she not promised you the hand of junia unite your griefs combine your interests this palace vainly echoes your regrets and whilst with suppliant voice you here are seen spreading complaints around instead of terrors your fierce resentment lost in idle words without a doubt you will complain for ever you know narcissus whether i intend to be inured to tame submissiveness if by my fall affrighted i renounced the throne for ever which my birthright gave me but i am still alone my father's friends are grown such strangers as to chill my heart and those who in the court rest true to me yet hold themselves aloof from one so young after the brief experience of a year has made me know how wretched is my lot what see i round me but false friends suborned to watch my every step with sleepless eyes chosen by nero for so base an office they sell to him the secrets of my soul and daily take their profit out of me he sees my aims beforehand hears my converse and knows what passes in my breast as well as you what thinks narcissus feeble-minded you should choose friends on whom you can rely nor be so lavish of your secrets sir narcissus you say true but this mistrust a noble heart is ever slow to learn too long deceived but i believe in you or rather i have vowed to trust no other my father oft assured me of your zeal of all his freedmen you alone have proved faithful and kept your eyes open to aid me saving me still from countless hidden rocks go see then if the noise of this new storm has fanned the smouldering courage of my friends watch well their eyes attend to their discourse see if i may expect true help from them but chiefly in this palace well observe with what precautions nero guards the princess learn if her precious life is out of danger and if i still may be allowed to see her meanwhile to nero's mother i'll repair she is with pallas whom my father freed as he did you i'll stir her wrath and maybe pledge her to move farther than she intends end of act one